Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler back in the place to be, man. Steelers Nation Radio, more importantly, the Steelers Blitz broadcasting live from Akashore Stadium on the second floor, right in the beautiful Pittsburgh Steelers Museum. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. There's a whole lot of black and gold down here, Mr. Motes, I tell you. Like, like I said, man, when you, when you have black paint, you paint the barn black. But when you got gold paint, you paint the barn gold. And we got black and gold, so we use both. It is it, it is wild, though. Like, every wall you look at, every corner you turn, there's like, oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Didn't see that before. Oh, well, what's going details on Details among details. I've been it, it looking really at is. this this one wall. Where's the picture? Um, clearly game day. The terrible towels waving, and I'm looking at the different faces, the different expressions, <laughs> and it's just crazy when you look at the history. This is definitely a pitch from like the '90s, based on the jerseys. Uh, I don't know. I'll say, no, no, actually, ten, twenty times. Yeah. I see some, see some tenders say, in I there. See a, I see a Harrison in there. See a Debo in there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely it's just it takes you back to a state of time, though, man. And that's like I said, one of them beautiful feelings that you get in. Yeah this place right here man so if you have not checked it out definitely want to check it out you give them those details once again just so they know when and where they could yep check this place absolutely out. hall of honor museum open to the public during the off season thursday through monday 11 a.m to 4 p.m all you got to do is book your tour you can do so at steelers.com backslash museum now before we had went to our last break we were talking about just the similarities, man, offensively, in terms of schematics, what we are trying to do here versus what the Chiefs and Eagles have essentially already taken to a high level. I mean, when you talk about the Chiefs, they're a master class at this. When you talk about the Eagles this season, they showed that they could do this at extremely high level as well. And for us, we saw little fragments of that. But the difference was the consistency. The difference was the progression um, and the stages of that progress and where we are in contrast to both of those teams over there. Sure. And like I said, it's more of an encouraging thing when I look at it just because I can see a lot of the similarities. But as we were talking about, one of the bigger differences was, number one, the talent, right, where they are quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line-wise, where – when we look at our roster, we have similar pieces, but they're still young. They're still trying to prove that they can be those type of players. Sure. But then we said the other thing was this, the coaching staff or the coaching element of it. When you're talking Kansas City Chiefs, we know. 
Andy Reid is one of the greatest to ever do this from an offensive call, an offensive coaching perspective. When you talk about Eric Bieniemy, he is one of the new young faces of this thing that should be a head coach. Yeah. Should have been, you know, how many years ago? But you know, he has proven that he is one of those minds as well. Nick Sirianni and what he was doing over in Philadelphia. So when you talk about those type of guys, when we talk about the plays, the two plays that stood out, touchdowns for the Chiefs, you're motioning on the right-hand side, and you have the whole Darius Slay, they're going to pass this thing off because that's what they do. And understanding that, you get a chance it's, to bait them in this off of the it's motion. It's incredible, really. And then to come right back a series later and run a, the exact same concept, the exact same play, but just flip it and get them in the exact same defense, that falls on the coaching element. That is more you're anticipating versus having to be reactionary. And to me, that's the next step for when we're talking to Matt Canada and his progression is can he go to that next step? Can he be the guy that can anticipate what this defense is going to be in in a situation like that? And not just the call, but the adjustment. Think about that. The call was man. They knew there would be a man, but they had to know what the adjustment was going to be, and not just off of regular motion, off of a jet motion. Jet motion, typically, you do pass right. it off like that right. because the guy is running so fast, you don't want the DB to run through the traffic, especially in a condensed setting. Close to the close to the end zone, yep. But they already knew that they're going to pass it off like that, so their rule was, hey, they're going to pass it before he crosses the center. Hey, just run like you're about to cross the center. And then when you get to the tackle, stop and go back the other yep. direction. No one's yep. going to guard you. Yep. No one's going to guard you. And that was literally the case. And it was funny because it reminded me of times here in Pittsburgh where we would make adjustments defensively mm -hmm. to certain things. And mm -hmm. we would make a rule that we're not going to pass it off unless he passes the, the center. He has to go past the okay. quarterback that because makes sense. how far away it is. So if he decides to change it and come back, we got time to adjust. That That's happening so fast right there. As soon as Darius Slay, the cornerback, is dropping back into the, you know, to pass it off, dude was at the tackle. Barely. So from there, he's able to, or in the office tackle, so I'm right, talking about right. the in down the line of scrimmage. So he gets the opportunity to step there and then burst away. I mean, it's just, it was great anticipation, though. Mm -hmm. When you talk about understanding how they were going to adjust, understanding the call, the percentages of them being in a certain call, that to me is when I look at Matt Canada, that's the area that I want to see him improve upon. Because I think that he has some of these other things that we're talking about in terms of just the regular flow. Mm -hmm. The shots will come. Now you have to complete the shots, but that will come. But I do feel like we did see the misdirection game and his ability to string together good calls um, collectively or, yeah, consecutively. Sure. I thought that that was one of the things that we saw a lot better in the second half of the season. So More complete me, drives. Yeah. yeah, so to me, I'm thinking, like, that's one of those areas I want to see him improve upon, though. I think that's I think that's perfectly stated by you. Um, and that starts with Matt Canada. That, that trickles down to, to Kenny Pickett and everyone else on the offense as well, too. But, it, it man, you really see – you know, it's funny, we, we joked about the, the minutiae, right, the details of, of this Steelers Hall of Honor Museum that, that we're fortunate enough to be broadcasting from today. That is, in these games, right, when you get to this level, when you're in the divisional round, right, and there's only eight teams left, and then you get to the championship weekend and it's only four teams left, and then obviously the Super Bowl two weeks later, those details, those slight adjustments, 
can make all the difference, uh, particularly, I think, in the biggest of games, the Super Bowl, because you get a longer halftime than you typically you, you get all season. In, in, the, in the what game? The, the big game. The, the, the big game. The big game. The big game. You know, when you're having the big game around a Rihanna concert, it gives you a little extra time at halftime. Listen, don't, don't, man, you know what? I don't know why I, I, I buried the lead, bro. It is 67 minutes uh, into the yeah, show. Yeah, until yeah, said, I, I'm sorry. If they would have been taking Golly, bets on this pregame, man. and they would have said, when's the first time Wes when we're or Moats will mention Rihanna, 67 minutes in would have been way over. Or, or, or Baby Rihanna. We, we didn't even mention Baby Rihanna. Baby Rihanna made an appearance as well. Shout out to Rihanna, Baby Rihanna, and ASAP Rocky. Halftime show. There we go. You know what? My, my, I apologize. I know. I can't believe I, I, I we didn't allowed, do our due diligence. I allowed the Steelers Hall of Honor Museum. I allowed this being Valentine's. We got slash, a little overwhelmed. It being Lover's Day. You know what I mean? I, I allowed that to throw me off. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but that, I mean, that is, that's one of the things, too. I mean, Andy Reid mentioned that in his post game. how, hey, you know, you get an extra 10 minutes yeah. in this game. That really allows you to, to deep dive into your halftime adjustments and get the whole staff together, and here's what we're seeing, and here's how we yeah. want to change it, and here's how we're going to go about it. I mean, to, person, to win these it, games, you have to be able to do those things. Yeah, without a doubt. Those, are, those adjustments are critical, and that, to me, was a big difference because think about the last two um, possessions that we saw from the Chiefs before halftime. They were three and outs. In fact, the last one was Mahomes limping off the film. We're thinking, oh, man, here we go again. And the Eagles have a 10-point yeah. lead, and it's like, this could get away from them. Right, yeah. absolutely. So when you talk about the adjustments That's they were crazy. able to make, when you talk about the way that they were still able to offset that pass rush, that is top down. That is yeah. not just – no. Because this is the thing, man. If the Kansas City Chiefs would have sat there and tried to one-on-one pass block these Philadelphia Eagles rushers for four quarters, it would have been a nightmare. But when you talk about, hey, I don't need you to one-on-one block these guys for four quarters. I need you to one-on-one block these guys for probably about a quarter's worth of time. But we're going to sprinkle it out over these four quarters. Right. We're going to dress we're gonna it up help. Really We're going nice. to chip. We're going to move. But, yeah. but every every five to six plays, you're going to have a one-on-one, a true one-on-one that you got to hold it down. need you for three seconds. And that was the way that the Chiefs were able to execute it. And that's the part where you say the talent on Orlando Brown mm-hmm. or the talent on Creed Humphrey mm-hmm. and the guys on that offensive line, that's when you look and you say, okay, I respect that part. I see what you guys could do in the one-on-one scenarios here. You have to win your – true one-on-ones, but at the same time, you don't want to have those guys trying to prove that they're the best pass rushers of all time, trying to go against arguably one of the best pass, or in terms of sack statistics, right. this is one of the best defenses historically that we had ever seen. You laid out the numbers earlier. Yeah, so to me, man, I thought that was just one of those things where Kansas City did a really good job, and not just Kansas City, Philadelphia did as well. Yeah, they did. Because they both minimized their pass rush, which, like I said, surprised the heck out of me and you. But that was definitely one of those things that had me feeling encouraged, man. Definitely had me feeling encouraged. And and that's – I think that's – that is something that you're hoping – listen, like that that feels like a league trend in, in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, hey, at times these nasty pass rushes, they're going to be able to get after you. They they just are like you know if the if the Chiefs and the Eagles played a best of five series yeah like it's it's not like the Chiefs would have that same success against their pass rush every single game well who knows maybe they would but <laughs> you know it, it is it's it's the push and pull it's the chess match of can we do enough like you kind of mentioned that every once in a while you are gonna have to be that guy on an island who wins your one on one 
but we're not going to ask you to do that over the course of a, a four-hour game, you know, 60 minutes in real time, um, what, 60-some snaps because that it if, would be. If, if you ask them to do that, it's going to be hard for them to shine bright like a diamond. They're going to be asking you to stop the music. I mean, if you ask them to do that, I mean, look at you. I just, I should have just let that one lie. I don't know why I tried to. I just I completely messed it well, up. Well, it's because you wanted to pour it up, pour it up, because that's how you ball out. You think Jalen Hurts is telling Philadelphia they better have his money? As long as he keeps on all of the lights, I think he'll be okay. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> I mean, I, like. I'm looking at this right. I've got the box score and the game cast and everything from the game up here on my laptop. At 14 minutes of the fourth quarter, okay, before the penalty, uh, the defensive offside penalty to Josh Sweat, right? The Eagles, Mozi, Josh Sweat, seven five seven, fine. Let's go. Had a 66 percent chance still to win that game, and I mean, that is in the moment where. Yeah. Where the Chiefs were able to start getting, you know, they get a little help there, obviously. There's some procedural stuff on the Eagles. But then all of a sudden, those adjustments that you're talking about, they really, for Kansas City, kicked in. And that's the beauty of it is, you know, so often teams start slower, however it may be, and team people think, oh, this is over, right? I mean, they, they fall behind early. They're down 10 at halftime. The Eagles are having their way, having their success. I mean, it really is. It's a it's a long term. It's a four hour chess match, and the Chiefs just needed that window to be able to capitalize. And then, like you mentioned, some of the things that they started doing were really working out. A corn dog, right? Isn't that what Andy Reid said yeah. that that play is called that they scored the the two touchdowns on with the motion corn dog? Um, I mean, I it's, like corn dogs. We, I like hey, I like corn dogs too. I got no I got no problem with with corn dogs. And then you combine which let's let's be honest too. Maybe we haven't covered this part of it enough. I mean, when when you when you have these things go your way, right? When the Eagles give you the life of the defensive touchdown and the big special teams return. When you combine that with the coaching staff that they have with with Andy Reid, with Eric Bieniemy and everyone else who's involved in that too, but those two obviously being at the forefront and the quarterback that they have. Yeah. That's when it that's when it all comes together because I mean even that's not a hundred percent Patrick Mahomes, but he's just different. I mean he is. There's there's a lot of quarterbacks. Me and my buddies were talking about this during the game. Like just go back ten fifteen years ago and look at the quarterbacks that were playing in championship games and Super Bowls, and then look at them now. Like they're just they're complete athletes. No, that's the they the, are the legs. With they're, they're able to do that changes it. And man. total athletes. And man, I, and Patrick Mahomes is, I think, the, the 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 shining example of that. While there's a lot of other people that deserve shouts in that regard, great arm quarterbacks who can who can hurt you with their legs too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is able to move and do enough out there with a bum ankle. Who knows, right? I mean, that'll be one of those things that'll be debated forever. How bad was it really, right? But we we know for a fact he wasn't 100% healthy. It was certainly something he had to deal with. It looked like it was like broken the way he hopped up once. I'm like, Lord, yeah. it's done. It's over. Yeah. And for him to still be able to confuse a defense like that and to be able to make enough plays, I mean, that is all part of it too. Like, yes, the offense needs to grow. Yes, they need the rookies to all take a step forward. Yes, they need Matt Canada to be able to make these adjustments and do these things that we've discussed. But you need you need Kenny Pickett to be that guy. And, hey, I'm not saying he has to be Patrick Mahomes because there's only one Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's probably already one of the best, you know, five <laughs> quarterbacks that we've ever seen Seriously, play this man. game. But you need a guy who – 
when things are against you, right? When you're down, when when the you know the the win probability indicator is saying the other team has a 70% chance, the the guy that can make those plays that can pull you back into it and ultimately secure victory. I mean, you go down the list of of your Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, and there are a couple exceptions. Obviously, yeah. none of us were looking at Nick Foles and saying he's that guy, you know, but. <laughs> But you, man, the quarterback so often are, are what's able to make the difference in those games. And Jalen Hurts, I think, again, deserves a lot of credit. He played no. really well. And the way he was able to handle adversity, man. Handle I, adversity. I was super impressed with yes. after he fumbled that ball for the touchdown. They come right back, and he goes for 12, 12 plays. They call the exact same plays to the left yep. to start the drive off, but he goes 12 plays and gets a touchdown, man. Like, you talk about the mental fortitude of a guy on the biggest stage. You make Heck a critical yeah. error like how he did. Yeah, super impressed with his performance. That's that's why I said that, I said that to my wife yeah. Morgan too. You know, like if if I'm an Eagles fan, obviously I'm disappointed. You know, you let it, you let an opportunity slip away. Yeah, and that that is what it is. That there's no way to sugarcoat that. There's no way to not be upset about that. But if you if you are on the wrong side of Pennsylvania, um, you know you I think you have to be encouraged. But you have to, the one thing you have to take from that is hey. It sucks, but we've got our guy in Jalen Hurts, yeah. and you got to feel good about your chances of getting back there. No, without a doubt. And, and that's the thing, man. When you have a guy like him, you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. you feel extremely confident. We're hoping that we have one of those guys mm-hmm. right here in Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett, man. And we're going to find out, man. We his, definitely will. His name's on the Steelers' starting lineup on the wall right beside us here. Hey, man, well, when you got one of those guys, you know what you're supposed to do, right? Well, when it's raining outside, you got to get under their umbrella. Ella, Ella, A, A. Oh, under. <laughs> Let's go. I thought he was about to drop some. <laughs> I thought you were about to drop some, you know, great football nugget there. That, <laughs> that, that, was a, that was great. When you have a franchise caliber quarterback, you want to stay up under the umbrella. Ella, yeah, so, uh, Ella, what you're saying to Kenny a, is when the a, sun shines, we'll a, shine together. Yeah. You know, when it pours, we're going to pour together. You know, just when it gets like that. <laughs> but anywho. When we get back, you funny. I like we we do have something serious that we do need to address though, because we saw a particular play that looked like it was unstoppable in the Super Bowl. We're gonna have to talk about this QB sneak situation when we get back. Arthur Most Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your twenty four seven home of the Black and Gold SNR. Leslie Euler, Steelers Nation Radio, broadcasting live and in person. Right down at Akershore Stadium, more importantly, the second floor where you can see the beautiful Steelers Hall of Honor Museum. And I must say, as we continue to talk about it. It is beautiful. It is amazing. It's immaculate. You can't miss it. If you haven't checked it out, please do so in your spare time. But Thursday through Monday. Oh, yeah. 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Just Thursday through Monday. Don't come here on no Tuesday now. That's right. We ain't here on Tuesday. We're the only ones allowed <laughs> Don't in you here. come here on no that's, Tuesday. Don't you do right. that. That's right. That's right. Don't you do that. You know what they'll do? What they'll do? If you walk and try and walk in here on a Tuesday. Uh-oh. They'll tell you to take care. Oh, rude boy. I see what you did. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. But something that some people were liking. And then some people were not liking so much. Was the quarterback sneak that was being implemented by your Philadelphia Eagles? If you could, how would you share your thoughts on on Mr. Pusherewski's man? How did you feel about all that that was going on there with your Kelly Green that you was wearing, with your Fly Eagles fly that you were singing? I don't know. 
Uh-oh. Like, I, Here it is. Is there anything that it seems like always becomes a debate when it shouldn't become a debate? Okay. Like quarterback sneaks in the NFL. All <laughs> I mean, right, all you right. know what I mean? Like we, we, we debate different ways, and is it smart, is it not smart? Are you putting your mm-hmm. quarterback at risk? Are you not putting your quarterback at risk? Since pushing and shut like became legal, right? Where yeah. in the past, you know, your running back couldn't come up and push the quarterback, or, or any of your tight ends or linemen or anything couldn't touch the quarterback. Or the, the you know, you remember back to the famous Bush push, right? Yeah. Back at well, remember that's when the rule changed. That's when the rule changed yeah. about twenty years uh-huh. ago. Um, I don't know. I, I, like I, I wish I had a hot take answer for. It. I, I was, I was hoping to hear your answer first, and then okay. I was, and then I was going to steal it and repurpose well, no, it. I'm looking at it like this, man. When is one person pushing? I don't think it's egregious. Okay. Two people pushing, I think it is. But at the same time, it's only a matter of time before a defender makes you not run that play anymore. It's not hard. That's that's my I thought, think that's, too. Like, that's kind of how I looked at it, and that was ultimately what I was thinking as the game was going on. It was more so the Chiefs. They're still kind of doing it the right way. Chris Jones flirted with the idea, but he didn't really do it. <laughs> you did. know exactly he what did. I'm referring to. <laughs> Everybody talks about how that is so hard to stop. Man, the offensive line is bear crawling. You can't get leverage. Oh, they got a guy pushing him behind, two guys pushing him behind. It'll stop if you hit that man in his face. If you put that helmet in his face because he's a ball carrier and you treat him as such, mm-hmm. you're not paying that quarterback to get headshots like you that. You are not. Not and at that's all. That's the but other that side of it. will be how you would stop it. But, once again, it's not the prettiest of things. Optically, it's not the best. And we know it's going to cause some ruckus. But – when you're running a play like that with that type of design, that literally is how you would have to stop it. You have to physically make them not want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the dangerous part of the game. That's why for me it's like, man, I can see the NFL potentially making a rule about multiple people pushing the guy because mm-hmm. otherwise you're not going to defend it any other way. Any other way. It's no different when we talk about a, a wide receiver being defenseless in the middle of the air, and it's like you're not going to separate it from the ball, so you can either hit him in the stomach and allow him to catch it, or you can blow his knee out, right? And that was kind of the conversation, mm-hmm. unless you go and, you know, hit the dude up in the head and you pay paying however much money. Sure. With this, it's like, man, where are you – how are you stopping this type of play? Without saying, hey, I'm going to blatantly go for this guy's knees – and while they're pushing him, I'm going to make sure I'm driving into that element. Sure. But once again, now we're compromising player health and safety. And they don't want to do that. So the two ways that I said you could stop this do what? Jeopardize player health and safety. That's <laughs> at, it. At the position where, you know, all the rules are designed to protect those players. Where we focus on player health yeah. and safety more than any other position. Yeah. yeah, so to me, that was the big thing for me, man. It wasn't necessarily that you can't run a quarterback sneak. Think about it. We ran how many quarterback sneaks with Najee Harris pushing Kenny Pickett across yeah. the line? Of yeah, and we loved it. Steelers fans were eating it up this year. But it's a difference, though, man, when you're talking about multiple guys pushing and doing it like that. Mm. I mean, because it was to the point where I was really about to question, why would Philly run any other play? If you can't stop that, man, that's no different than the old school wing T wishbone. Pick up four yards every single play. Three yards and a cloud of dust. We're going for it on fourth down anyways. Yep. That's literally the same offense. So I'm like, if y'all want to just do that, like, y'all can do that. But this is the adjustment to that. This is ultimately – how that is going to be combated. And I don't think the NFL is going to want it to potentially get to that level. I don't think that the fans would really enjoy that either. I don't. I don't. Because it's not, we're it's talking not about, entertaining. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. That becomes more gladiator bloodbath sports. And that's not what this game is designed to do. But when you talk about the quote-unquote loophole or the you're ahead of the curve, so to speak, 
Philly was ahead of the curve of the season. It was very Belichick-ish. Yes. Remember when Belichick was doing the, hey, we're going to have the tackle over. He's eligible, but we're not going to identify him. And it was like, well, there's no rule to say this, but if you don't tell us, how are we going to know? Mm-hmm. And you're doing it with tempo. Mm-hmm. That is impossible. Impossible. I can't, like, how do I defend it's this? It's like how he was running the pick yeah, play before absolutely. they really cracked down on yeah. the pick play. Yeah. So those are the things where it's like they're just ahead of the curve. But I do think that the NFL will make some adjustments to I that because so. that, I mean, you could say, like, I could see a team saying, you know what, we're going to, the Tennessee Titans, I could see it right now. Vrabel over here, hey, man, we running the quarterback sneak on offense. 60 times today, they not stopping us. <laughs> We're going to get 250 yards. Yep. <laughs> hey, 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 and all of this going to be two or three yards. Three yep. yards a pop. Three yards a pop. We're going like, to possess the ball for 45 seriously. minutes. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Like, that's – I can see that happening one of these times, man. <laughs> and you know what? There there would be there would be some team that would – again, that's it, that's when it Belichick always gets to that hit you with the, You know what? We got the lead. It's the fourth quarter. We're just going to run the QB sneak the rest of the game. And that's and that's normally what it takes is mm-hmm. kind of like what you mentioned with Belichick and the tackle Remember and the when, eligibility. When, when, when Vrabel did it to Belichick with the special teams, well, hey, I'm gonna take this penalty he right here so because bad. I know the rule says you got to keep replaying and the clock keeps going and you can't stop it. Like that's how they alter it. Absolutely. And that's all it takes is one coach to come up with. I'm gonna take the, advantage. I'm gonna weaponize, of, I'm gonna weaponize this, yeah. and then the NFL says, "Well, right. hold on, not so fast." And at times in that Super Bowl, when you look at how every third is that's short, a, that's it was a good four, observation. It got by to the you. point where it was four from sec. It's four from two. I'm like, bro, this is a ways down. Let them get the first down right here because you know, like, this sucks. Like, and I'm thinking as a defender, what, all what of do those do? extra snaps. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. that is those tiring. are physical. Those are physical snaps. That too. is taxing. Yeah, and then it's like four. Four play up, reset, because they're going to do that sneak. You can't stop it. Here we go again. Very frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. Oh, I can, I can only – because – and, you know, you and I have, have talked about this. But this isn't any breaking news here or anything. But we already know that these rules, the way the game is officiated and adjudicated and the rule book is, is written is, is – made. I mean, it's made to favor the offense. Correct. Like, I'm not breaking any news there. I'm not stating anything controversial. We I all know I thought this. it was designed for specialists, personally. Well – uh, we, did have, we did have a big, we did have a big special teams play that flipped things on Sunday, but at, at some point, at some point, you have to say like, all right, the only way for the defense to operate here is to risk somebody's health and safety, and so maybe we need to step in before it gets to that point because it w- it will get to that point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if you're going to keep daring defenses and saying we know that, I mean, you can't that, stop this unless you. That is what you're doing. Yeah, no different than when we would see quarterbacks run to the sideline, and then they would start to turn it up. And remember what we started to see teams start to, to do in response to first was Russell Wilson. Russell was probably that first guy to really act like he was going to run out of bounds, put a foot in the ground, and pick up more yardage. Get an extra four yards. And then you started to see guys get hit. And you started to see guys really get teed off on. Lamar, his, rookie, his rookie year a few times. That changed <laughs> a lot yep. of how they looked at like, it. Okay. And it was like, if it even looks like it's a gray area, Mm-mm. They will hit you now, yep. so they make it clear you're going out of bounds. Do Joe, not act like you're going to step. Joe up Burrow, it. AFC Championship okay. game. Okay, it is <laughs> Mahomes. Clear. I mean, Mahomes, AFC yeah, Championship game. It is game. clear they they will hit you, man. Yep. And that's just one of those things where when you talk about forecasting or how to plan ahead before something bad happens oh, to that extent, point. that's kind of where I can see it going. So you think the. And this is obviously, listen, you're a little bit slanted as someone who played on the defensive side of the football in the NFL, but 
that's okay. It's all slanted towards the offense. Do you think the the two player push rule? It seems to me like you might be onto something there. Like, yeah, does that because to me, feel like player, the way to adjudicate it? I personally do. I think one player pushing is not egregious. It doesn't make it more challenging, sure, but you can still stop it with one player pushing. We've seen it done. It's still challenging, without a doubt. Oh, but for sure. The player's supposed to be challenging. It's the NFL. It's not supposed to be easy, but it can't feel impossible or insurmountable. And when you watch the two push, I'm looking at Chris Jones battle Jason Kelsey. And I say, okay, if Kelsey gets the jump on you, Kelsey's a great player. Yes, this could be a little bit of an issue. But if I'm able to get leverage on him because he starts to snap that ball, I can still make that. Hmm. Okay, cool. Not every quarterback is going to squat 600 pounds like Jalen Hurts. Correct. So they're not going to all be able to just push and run like that as well. So I take that into account. Then the third thing I say is, once you have the stalemate in terms of the center, you have a normal quarterback, Kenny Pickett, for example, normal quarterback. Mm-hmm. To me, the Najee pushing Kenny would still balance out when I'm thinking of my linebacker that's going to be behind that D lineman that's coming into that uh, same area to combat that push. And that's kind of why I think it's not egregious. But when you're talking about the two push, it's too condensed to me to have multiple bodies to combat those two sure, guys sure. pushing him with that type of wedge yeah, that, that they have that set sense. up it does. without you trying to take the guy's head Hit off, literally, yeah, yeah. to make him think twice about being as aggressive with that ball or as eager to put his helmet over the line of scrimmage. Like, that's some of the issues that you have with this. Interesting. Yeah, because the offensive line, I mean, the, I love their technique with it. They're oh, literally yeah. crawling. That's, 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 that's what I wanted yeah. to ask you, too. Is is that something that the Eagles can pull off? Because one, we know that they have, have one the of, they have it. one of the best offensive lines in the league, and as you mentioned, they have a quarterback yeah. who could squat six hundred pounds. Yeah. Like, is that something that everybody could replicate, or you you have to have the personnel to to be able to pull that off? We'll put it like this: they have that specific personnel. But what did you see the Cleveland Browns doing when Deshaun Watson came back? He didn't take a center or QB sneak. They would sub him out, put Jacoby Brissett in there, and do a push. Mm-hmm. So. It doesn't matter who your technical starting quarterback is. If a team desires to run this quarterback sneak method with the dual push, it's no different if we just say, hey, Notch, we're going to put you at quarterback this time to just take it from under the center, and we're going to have these two dudes pushing you this time. Or we're going to bring in this backup quarterback to take it. He's a little bit bigger, and we're going to push you this time. So to me, I don't think you can make it based on the personnel. That's why I was talking more so on the scheme part, because not everybody's going to have a Jason Kelsey. Sure. And There's no not off- a lot of him like, in the like, league. No offense to Kendrick Green, but he's an undersized center, right? When he was starting the league, if he's running that same exact play, it's not going to have the same impact. He's not getting that push like Kelsey is. Right. Yeah. Just different players, but that's why you can't base this rule on a personnel thing. I think you have to look at the overall schematics of it. It's the two people pushing this one player with that wedge design that makes it, like I said, almost impossible to stop. Did we ever see it get stopped? No. We oh. never saw they picked up two, three they, yards every they, time. They blew him off the ball every, every single time. time. Every, every time. time. And it's like you're watching, you're like, oh my goodness. Like they are five men. Just and this getting, is Chris Jones we're just talking about. This, it's not like we're talking about a run of the mill right. D tapple either. Right. This is a mass not not Aaron Donald, who was a great player, but undersized. Not Javon Hargrave, great player, but small. We're talking Chris Jones here, man. Big dude. Big massive man. Did you see him uh bear hug Roger Goodell at Come the on, He made man. Roger Goodell look like a like a teddy a bear. Massive man. But when I'm watching him, and I'm just like, yo, he has zero he's answer got, for this. He's got no zero. leverage. And then when he jumps over the top to hit the guy, I'm just like, yo, this makes it even worse almost because now they're up under him. To me, that's just one of those things where I'm like, the NFL is going to do – I just see them 
really giving this a long, hard look, the schematic part of it. No, honestly, that's that's a that's a great observation from you because I haven't thought about it from that angle. And what's one of the oldest cliches in the book, right? The NFL is what? It's a copycat league. Yeah, absolutely. You know that there were there were offensive coordinators, there were coaches sitting at home watching that going, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. You know what I'm thinking, too? If you're, if you're a school like Texas, okay? I'm, I'm college now because yeah, we know a lot yeah. of times, too, right? These things get innovated in the collegiate ranks. And then they make, and, their, and, way and then yes. they make their way up to the pros. Like, if you're a program like Texas and you've got a bunch of 300-pounders across the offensive line and you're playing somebody like WVU – who has a bunch of 260s across the offensive line, 280s, right? I mean, I think you could see this at a lot of different levels of football. Teams really take advantage of we're going to get four yards yeah. every time, and that's all right. We'll possess the ball for 40, 50 minutes, and we'll beat the crap out of you, and we'll win a game 21 to 17. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I, I'll be interested to see if there's – because, again, I mean, it is. It's the oldest cliche in the book. The NFL is a copycat league. You know there were some people watching that and saying – I bet you we could do something similar. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But with that being said, we are going to get ready to take our final break because we do have one more segment coming up where we are going to talk about some of the uh, NFL honors and the award winners and potential snubs as well. On today's Lover's Day, Valentine's Day. With that being said, this is Arthur Most Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, it is. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Steelers Nation Radio last segment. You know, I didn't even file my grievance because when it's a Motes host day, I don't like when it says Euler and Motes. I wanted to say Motes and Euler because uh, it's my day. Take it up with the production team. You know, yeah, yeah, man. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> but as a whole, though, it's a beautiful day, man. It is. It's a lover's day. This has been fun being down here. Broadcasting live from the Steelers Hall of Honor Museum. I mean, just a change of scenery for us, man. Pretty cool. And it's the first time I've seen you. It's the week after the season. Seriously. That's yeah. what it's been a minute, It's man. been about a month. Yeah. It's been probably about four weeks, yeah, five weeks. You look good, man. Hey, you too. You look good. You good, too. good, good to see you again. Well, we walked in here, and Reagan was talking about you. He was like, oh, look at you, Moats. You're you looking know, good. Every once in a while, I try to stay plant-based when I can. You feel me? But, you know, all is well, man. All is well. But we do have to spend a little bit of time talking about these NFL honors. Yes. Because there were some award winners and some, you know, that <sighs> we wouldn't say we were surprised by, but there was one particular award. Oh, do you have beef? I might have a grievance. Okay. It's, Eric, pos- it's a possibility. Eric, listen, you got about 10 minutes it's or possibility. so. You get it off your chest now. All right. All right. I didn't have an issue with MVP. Okay. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Uh, first in Super Bowl era. Oh, to to win one and then actually go back and win the Super Bowl season, regular season, regular season MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, yeah. It's rare that you get that. Absolutely, that That triumvirate. It was Kurt Warner. He was the last, the other guy that did it. I think maybe the only one in because remember regular season Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. I think it was just Kurt. Yeah, Yeah. because Kurt got the win on top of the the uh, greatest show on turf, beating uh, the Tennessee Titans. The last, the last five or six regular season MVPs have lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, hey, Patrick Mahomes, I tell you, I mean, five years. Talk about a heck of a resume for five years. Bruh. Insane. Two Super Bowl MVPs, Insane. two Super Bowls. Two league MVPs? Yeah. 
Uh, he's led the league in passing, led the league in, in, in touchdowns. Has, a, has a 50 and 5 season. Mm-hmm. 50 and 5K. Three all pros in five years, I think. All five Pro Bowls. Gave I mean, you 5K and MVP without Tyreek Hill this year. It's crazy. It, it really is. I didn't know this. Did you know? Sorry, before you get back and do it real quick. Uh-huh. Other than Tom Brady, who's been to 10 Super Bowls, yeah. do you know what you know who second place is? Montana? John Elway. Oh. Five. Oh, oh, five. And that's number that's number two. Montana, Terry, both went to four. I think there might have been somebody else who went to four. Man. Okay. But they won all the all their Correct, trips yeah, there. Winners, Elway yeah. was two and three. But think about that. Mahomes has been to three already in five years. Yeah. Like he could I th- I don't think anyone's ever gonna get Brady seven, but he could he I could mean, get to seven how, or eight. You think about how Mahomes started this out. Would anybody ever anticipate you being able to go two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowl championships in five seasons? Unheard of. Yeah. So and again, too, not like he was the. Right. I mean, he was a first round pick, what fifteenth overall, but he didn't even start his first season. He wasn't. Was he wasn't part. Andrew Luck coming out yeah. of college. He was. Yeah. Where it was he, like this guy's can't uh-uh. miss. I mean, he's a third quarterback taken in his own class yeah. behind Trubisky and Watson. Set to the last game, what last two games of regular season? Last game of regular season, if I remember correctly. Yes, only yeah. his rookie he year played, played, one, played game. one game. The last yeah, game, yeah. absolutely. So when you think about that context, this is unprecedented. It's, this it's is one of those things where very impressive. And I know a lot of people knows? are tired of hearing about it, but like, sorry. I mean, well, <laughs> no different. They got tired of hearing about LeBron. They get tired of hearing about Jordan. They got tired of hearing about Kobe. They get tired of hearing about greatness. Mm-hmm. I but, don't. I don't. I'm with you. I, I enjoy it. And I'm not saying you have to love him, but. Nah, but at the same time, I acknowledge it. Yeah, exa- exactly. You never know. I don't man. love Tom Brady, but. It's like you never know, but you want to be able to at least say that, hey, you were part of one of those generations. Mm-hmm. You'd rather be on the winning side of it, but either way. That's all my all my boys hate Mahomes. They're like, I'm sick and tired of hearing about how good he is. <laughs> I'm like, don't you like watch? I just like watching him play. He's yeah. a wizard, man. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But so, like I said, no grievance with the MVP, no grievance with the offense player of the year either. Okay. I was cool with that. Our boy Justin Jefferson. That was cool. I was greedy with him. You know, he, he can't spell Justin Jefferson being elite without Captain Kirk. You know, they go hand in hand. They're like peanut butter and jelly. I'm cool with that. Defense MVP. I was cool. Depoy. Hey, man, Nick Bosa. Congrats. We talked about how that Absolutely. felt. Absolutely. Foregone like, conclusion. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Offense rookie of the year. Garrett Wilson. I mean, they tried to say controversy. Oh, Ken of War got more first place votes. It doesn't matter because who got more overall votes? Mm-hmm. It wasn't close. I mean, it was close enough, but it wasn't close. If you if you catch my draft, all the awards made sense. Coach of the year, cool. But then there was one award. There's one specific award, Wes. One of the most prestigious awards in all of the NFL. Is it named after a former running back legend? Some might say he's sweetness. I had a feeling I knew where you were going with this. The Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yeah. Now, I happen to know one of the guys that was nominated for it. Oh, do you? Yeah, former, yeah, former yeah, teammate. yeah, man. Good, good friend, man. Good friend of mine. Goes by the name of Cam Hayward. I felt like he was snubbed. I thought this was the year. I'm hurt. I'm I sad. That, I thought this was the year for Cam Cam to get over the hump. I'm a little upset. You outlined this uh, a week or two ago I'm about that, how. I don't want to be right. It's, and, and you know it's how that so goes. tough to win that award. But. Man, and think about when we talked about the names. When you said all the names, who was the specific name that I said to? Dak Prescott. And I said, I said, I said, bro, I said, I said, you're t- Cam Hayward. Yes, I love Cam. Cam, it, like everything, absolutely. I said, but he's going against Dak Prescott, the starting quarterback, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas who Cowboys. lost his mother, who lost his uh, his brother, and all this other stuff. Had yep. the tragic ankle injury. Like, yep. 
you already know what it was, and I, I I'm so upset that I was right. You I did are, not want to be right. Sometimes it's tough being right. I didn't want to be right, but that was but, one of the ones where it's like you just knew. It, it's tough because you you don't want to look at it and say, oh, well, Dak Prescott didn't deserve. You know what I mean? All no, these because guys Dak who are, is definitely deserving. Yeah, I mean, all he did these an guys awesome who are, as well. All these guys yeah. who are nominated are deserving. They are all giving yeah. back. They're all doing great things in their community. Like we, you and I are never going to minimize or poo-poo that. But never. Man, you're right. When I was watching that award ceremony on Thursday night, it was yeah. correct. As soon as they said, I mean, as soon as they said Dak Prescott, you're like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. He's a quarterback. He yeah. plays for the Cowboys. He had a lot of, you know, a lot of publicity. Correct. A, yeah. a, around this, whereas, you know, I think Cam Hayward a lot of times more so is one of those go about your business guys, and not that Dak was like, hey, look at me, everybody, right. but just when you're a quarterback, you when always get no, that no, extra not attention. Not when you're a quarterback, well, when you're the starting quarterback for America's team. of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no, but you're, you're right. You're the franchise right. quarterback. Like it's a bump. It is. Yeah, it's a real bump. It absolutely. So it's like it's like being the shortstop for the Yankees. Yeah, it's without like a doubt, it's going to hit differently, man. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that was one of the things that you know ultimately was the deciding factor, because if you're the NFL. You're not just trying to highlight the exceptional players and the exceptional people that are doing good things in the community. It's not just about that because if we're just focusing on that, there's plenty of other guys not named Dak Prescott, not named Cam Hayward, and we're going to be like, man, who is this guy here? But he's out there every single Deserves day of the credit. week doing yeah, stuff. Absolutely. But the NFL also understands that this is a platform. That's, that's the best way to put it. And yep. with this platform, they're trying to – in some cases, maximize the good that they can have. The reach. The reach. Yeah. And Cam Hayward, yes, he has reach here in Pittsburgh. And he'll have reach to a certain extent on a national level, but it won't be to the same extent of a Dak Prescott because of who he is and the position that he plays. Not saying that Dak is even on the same caliber of player that Cam is when you're talking about position for position and what they mean and how dominant they are. But the difference is when you talk about brand recognition, when you talk about name recognition, and if I'm trying to instill positive qualities into the youth <laughs> in this country and other countries, I can go anywhere around the, the world and show a Dallas Cowboys star and say this is the starting quarterback and they're going to know who that is. Yeah. And when they say who he's also a good guy who won the Walt Payton Man of the Award, Walt Payton Man of the Year Award, that's also going to add a little bit more significance to that vein sure. and just keep people being like, you know what, man, that seems free. Let me let me find out more. Let me do more. Let me try to follow his lead. And I think that that's also what the NFL was, you know, leaning with. And like I said, it doesn't take away anything from what Dak Prescott has done because no, Dak is not. also a big dog in the community, man, who, who spends a lot of his money, lots of his time and resources. But it's just one of those things because we have intimate knowledge, especially me, being boots on the ground with Cam Hayward at certain times throughout this journey that he's been on to see him multiple years now get right here to the, the to the door knocking yeah. and for it to end like that. Like I said, it's just very frustrating. That's why it's rough because, again, and, and we say all this because we want Cam to win it, not because we're trying to minimize the good that Dak Prescott has certainly done. But you're right. It, it, Cam's felt like he's been knocking on that door for a long time. That's the, that's the hardest part of it. You know, not that Dak just woke up, uh, uh, you know, a year ago and decided, hey, I want to start giving back to my community too. Dak has, has been invested in this as well. But you look at their age differences, you know what I mean? Cam's just – he's a little more long-tenured in that regard. And, you know, listen, I don't – I'm not saying anything here. I think that's 
offensive or wrong. You just yeah. look at you look at you look at you know Father Time and Cam Hayward has less time left in the league than Dak Prescott does. You yeah. just look at their ages. I think that was the difficult about part about it is Cam feels like he's been knocking on this door, knocking on this door, and this was the year to finally kick it in. And then for Dak to pop up is like, where have you been? Yeah. Where uh, have you been? Oh, another Rihanna reference. <laughs> you know, I couldn't another help it. I'm Rihanna sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That one was good, though. <laughs> the other ones I saw coming a little bit. That one was that one was good. That was good. Sneaking in the Rihanna lyrics. Well, I, like that. I had to do it because, well, you know, I mean, the clock is ticking, and it's about that time. So when it never happens like that, you know, I always figure I'll just, you know, throw that last little one in there. Last little, little beat the shot clock. Hey, good show today. Take a bow. Yeah. Why are you like this, bro? Yeah. Why are you like this? Why are you like this? Listen, you couldn't make these we're, Rihanna we're, references we're, the whole day and not trying, let me get one. We're trying to have a professional show here. I'm trying to do a professional close here. And you want to holler about some Rihanna references. Okay? It was a great halftime show. I loved it. Five star. Chef kiss. Ten out of ten. Five star. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> This was fun today, Motsi. No, without a doubt, Thanks though, Thanks to everybody for having us out. No, nah, man, but I do want to give a big shout-out to my partner in crime, Mr. Wesley Euler. Always a pleasure. Yes, indeed. Also got to give a big-time shout-out to Tom back at the ranch, man, keeping us extra crispy, vocals nice and clear. Mm-hmm. So shout-out to him and the Power Grid Megawatts, each and every one of y'all that were with us, man, tuning in. We definitely appreciate you guys, as always. And as you already know, man, we're going to keep doing this thing here. You don't want to touch that dial, though, because we got the Godfather coming up soon, baby, so you definitely want to stay right here. But as always, you already know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black end, the go Stellar's mm-hmm. Nation mm-hmm. Radio. And there it is. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.